0: Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. It's nearing the end of a fabulous year and so we've decided to have our favorite guest on the show. It's you and your questions, Ask the Guys, today on the Real Estate Guys radio program. All aboard, registration is now open for the Real Estate Guys 17th Annual Investors Summit. Imagine spending nine days with like-minded investors, world-class educators, and real-world professionals. Returning in 2019 are sales legend Tom Hopkins, international developer Beth Clifford, authors of Prosper, Chris Martinson and Adam Taggart, and the author of The Creature from Jekyll Island, G. Edward Griffin. Also back is the editor of The Gold Newsletter, Brian London, and Jim Rohn's 18-year business partner, Kyle Wilson. And joining us live and in person for his seventh investor summit in a row, Peter Schiff plus lots more to be announced. It all begins March 15th, 2019 in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Visit realestateguysradio.com and click the tab that says Summit to learn more and reserve your spot. This transformational week is like no conference you've ever attended. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click Summit and make plans to spend a week with the Real Estate Guys and an all-star faculty on the 17th Annual Investors Summit at Sea. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program and happy holidays to you and yours. I'm your host, Robert Helms. With me, as usual, it's our co host, financial strategist, Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. You know, it's been a tremendous year and it's always good to get together with friends and family and a lot of that going on this time of the year.
1: Well, and the other thing that goes on this time of year is binge consumption. So, oh, this yeah. is when you can watch every Star Wars movie ever made, you can watch every episode of James Bond ever, and you can listen to every episode of the Real Estate Guys radio program. In your binge consumption of content.
0: And you should, while you consume every beer that there is. Uh, (laughs) Hey, anyway, we've got a great show for you today. We like to do this show every 8 to 10 weeks. It's Ask the Guys. And uh, in our email box, this big old giant list of questions comes to us. And uh, so we only have two caveats. Uh, First of all is we are not uh, tax advisors or uh, legal professionals. And we do not give advice. And we're not even that smart. And we're not. What we do (laughs) is give ideas and information. So that's caveat number. Number one. And number two is that we simply cannot answer any of these questions or hardly any of these uh, personally or one on one. That's just used to be. Remember the day we'd be lucky if we got one a week? And now we get multiple questions a day. So we appreciate it and we love your questions. So what we do is we go through the questions that have come since last show and try to pick out ones we think that uh, lots of people would benefit hearing the answer to. So let's start with one of those right now. Our first question out of the gate comes from Lee in Bay City, Michigan. And Lee says, Hey Robert and Russell, what is your advice for finding and vetting management companies? It seems as if at least locally a few realtors provide property management services on the side and it's not really their flagship service. Perhaps this is a sign that I need to broaden my investment horizons and invest outside of my own community. My real estate partner and I agree that we are both fairly educated investors and even have some development experience, yet we seem to be poor property managers because we each have our own day job and business to run. And this has likely kept us out of some investments that in retrospect we would have made. Thanks in advance, Lee. All right, Lee, well, this is a great question because we often say live where you want to live and invest where the numbers make sense. And that's just a mindset to say if you don't live in a market where there's great real estate opportunity. Don't limit yourself. You can go to a broader market. But if you do live in a market where there is great real estate opportunity, excellent. But there is more to the story than a quick slogan. And a part of the more to the story is it's not just going to where the numbers make sense. It's going to where there is great team available.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, if you live in a market where there's great investment property available, act like you don't live in the market. So you have to find a great manager. So think about that. Uh, The other thing, just in regard to management and Robert and I, uh, you know, have different perspectives on this. Not that we disagree; we just look at it from a different angle. But I really feel like the property management is like an asset manager. It's the most important person on your team in a long-term hold, and so it's really like hiring a very important player in your organization. And then what you do is you build around the property manager to me because, uh, you know, I'm going to look at the market and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to start with my personal investment philosophy. What am I trying to accomplish? And then I'm going to look at a market that's going to kind of match up. So markets like people like you have personalities. And then once you find the kind of market that you want to be in, and the market is not just geographic market, it's product type market and it's demographic market. There's a very big difference between somebody that's living, say, in a residential assisted living facility and somebody that's a Section 8 tenant, right? Those are different people. And so whatever product type you have. So once you've got that, then you go look for a management company that specializes in that particular niche. There, are, I, I've, We've seen this happen many times where somebody who is maybe an A or a B class property manager or a single family home manager decides to get ambitious and take on a C class apartment building
0: big mistake. Doesn't usually work out. It is a mistake. And the other point you brought up, and I think this fits right in there, is there are many real estate professionals who specialize in finding, brokering deals who also manage on the side. I'm not a big fan of someone who manages on the side. I do want it to be their full-time vocation. I'm okay if they're licensed, and in fact, they should be, But and they do some brokerage business. For instance, you've probably heard on uh, this program, Jay Hartley, who is one of our favorite property managers. His marketplace is uh, DFW, Dallas-Fort Worth. He is an investment property owner, and he's a hands-on manager. He's been the former president of the National Association of Residential Property Managers. He brokers property. For his existing clients, but it's not his main business. His main business has been property management for many, many years. And so I'm not saying you can't have a great real estate broker or agent who can manage, but make sure they are really good at it, that you'd hire them independent of the brokerage relationship. And even more importantly, as your developing team this applies to your entire team. What you really don't want is single point failure. I know, Russ, you have some feelings about this.
1: Well, yeah, because I, you know, one of the questions you need to ask them, besides the obvious question, which is, do you own property? Do you look at life the way I look at life? Are you motivated to stay on top of whatever is the state of the art because you're in the same bed I'm in or the same situation I'm in? The other question is asking who supports you and how? And so think about this. If you were taking a trip from here to the moon and you only had one life support system, I would be nervous if that life support system were to fail. Yes. So most of the time when you go into a situation, any critical function should be redundant. So you need to have backup. So if you're going to go with one property management firm and you should, then you need to ask the question, who's backing you up? What happens if you have a family event? What happens if you get sick? What happens if you decide to quit? What happens if you have a mental breakdown? Who's going to take care of my asset? So that's something they should be thinking about in their business. So uh, you know, it's hard to do that sometimes if you're a mom and pop investor because you don't have much purchasing leverage. But um, if you go with someone who has a big portfolio and has a decent-sized team and they've got some systems in place, I think you're a little bit safer. You know, I mentioned earlier this idea of building around your manager. Once you get that manager and you feel like they're the right person, they look at life the way you do, they, they, they live in the seat, they're professionals, they care about the industry. Uh, it goes back to this idea of having a split focus. If I'm a broker, I'm concerned about sales. I want to know the inventory. I'm going to go to the realtor association meetings. I'm going to be paying attention to networking in that regard because I make more money when I make a sale. And again, I'm not saying that a real estate agent can't be a good property manager, but you just have to understand their motivation from a financial perspective is a little bit split. The key thing there is just making sure that when you're talking to anybody on your team, but especially a property manager, that their compensation model aligns with your best interest so that they make money when you make money and they're desperate to fix a problem when it's costing you money.
0: And I think another to piggyback on that idea that fits this vein, which is to build around your property manager, is so many people buy a property and then they go find a manager. And what happens if the manager goes, yuck, why'd you buy this? Much better to go to the property manager first and say, hey, I'm looking to acquire some assets in this area. You tell me, where's there strong demand? What can I put in your portfolio that'll work great for you? That's
1: my favorite question because once again you you're aligning they they look at their portfolio of properties as their portfolio and so it is not my portfolio or their portfolio it's our portfolio you're partnering with your property
0: manager i think a final perspective on this is the original co-host of the real estate guys years ago his dad often said life was too short to manage property and what he meant by that is he never ever under any circumstances managed his own property. And there's a philosophy about this. I managed my own property for a while when I was starting out. and It gave me a really good appreciation of hiring property managers. So uh, I don't regret doing that. But today it would be impossible. Think about this in your own portfolio. If you have four or five single family homes, well, maybe you could manage them yourself. What happens when you have 20 or 50 or 175 or 1000. Well,
1: and you need some professional distance too because it's easy to, you know, fall for the sob story and you know, someone who is making business decisions on behalf of someone else can be a little bit more hard-lined and you don't want to be because it you know, you don't have anybody to check with. Oh, I need to check with them. You can't play that card if you're dealing
0: direct. Yeah, you know, I harking back to when Jay Harley worked with his brother and they both were property managers and they both had portfolios and they managed each other's units not their own. Even someone in the business for years was smart enough to say, don't manage your own property. So I agree with you, Lee, that you probably shouldn't be managing the property. You should be focusing on your day job and your day business, but uh, hopefully some ideas today help you find a great property manager. It's Ask the Guys. Your questions, our answers. This next question comes from Laura in Naples, Florida. She says, hello, I'm new in real estate and would like to learn how the Section 8 rentals work and how to acquire properties for affordable housing. Are there any books, podcasts, or person you can recommend that knows the ins and outs of Section 8? I would greatly appreciate it. By the way, your radio show is great. Well, thank you for that, Laura. And we do actually have an excellent resource for you. Before we get to that, just no investor left behind, Section 8 is an interesting animal. Section 8 is subsidized housing through the Department of Housing and Urban Development, HUD, and Section 8 is not a nationwide program, although it sounds like it is, because it's administered locally by public housing agencies, which differ a ton. There are some metroplexes, major metropolitan statistical areas that are big enough to have several of them, and they aren't all the same. So the first thing you have to know, just like all real estate is local, all Section 8 is local, but big picture is this. When you have a Section 8 tenant, they're not paying all the rent. They're paying a portion of the rent, typically. I had a Section 8 tenant once who was paying $8 a month for her rent, and the rest of it was subsidized.
1: I had one that was doing 10 and she never paid.
0: <laughs> well, what usually happens is they're very good about paying, because otherwise, they don't qualify, and they don't get the, the subsidy. But the point is, the good of the Section 8 is this, the money hits your account regularly from the government, or the PHA, but... The tenants, the way I like to say it, to be as politically correct as possible, not that I worry too much about that stuff, is this, Section 8 tenants don't necessarily get along with others well. So I like to either be all Section 8 or none. And so Section 8 can make sense. In many markets, it's necessary. Uh, It is not the end-all be-all, and it comes with a lot of hair. Having said that, many years ago, we interviewed a gentleman who was all about Section 8, and apparently still is. I think it's more than 10 years ago that we had Mike McLean on the program. Yeah. But he wrote a book called The Section 8 Bible, and it was fabulous. And really, if you want to be in Section 8, you have to have this. It's really easy to find. All I have to do to go to Mike's website is go to section8bible.com. Now, I'll tell you what. We haven't talked to Mike in years. Yeah. But cool. I, you know what I still
1: remember? He was so tactical. He goes, look, the, the code says that you have to have a light bulb in the bathroom. And so you just hang the light bulb from a string and it's got a little pull cord and that's it, right? That's all you do because they're going to steal it. They're going to break it, right? There's no okay, point right. in spending one penny more than you have to. And this goes back to what I said earlier, this idea that whatever product class you're going to be in, whatever demographic you're going to be in, deal with someone who's going to be managing that property that is a specialist. This guy... Love Section 8. He's a master at Section 8. He wrote the Bible yeah. on Section 8. And his advice was so practical, tactical. And that's, you know, that the devil's always in the details. And this guy did a great job. That's the kind of guidance you're looking for.
0: Yeah. Now, having said that, that's just education. He doesn't manage properties for you. And a property manager needs to be familiar with Section 8 agencies in the area. So, to your point earlier, don't just hire a property manager you like and then say, oh, I want to do Section 8. If you're about Section 8, make sure your property manager knows and operates Section 8 rentals. Yeah,
1: just a little sidebar on the whole concept of affordable housing. I think, generally speaking, in today's economy, affordable housing is a good place to be. Um, I won't get into all the reasons why that is, but, you know, an economy can appear to be booming, but it doesn't mean individuals are actually experiencing increases in purchasing power. And so we could dive deep into that. But we won't. But think about that. The second thing when you talk specifically about subsidized housing is just understanding the situation that the United States government is in from a budget perspective. And at some point, and I'm not saying we're anywhere near that point, but we could be uh, down the road. You just need to be aware that at some point they may need to cut back on some of these programs. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of political pressure to keep them going. Uh, there's a big tug of war between people who think we should expand them and people who think we should contract them. Sometimes you've got to set your political views aside. You have to look at whoever's pulling the levers and what they're thinking about. But if you have a portfolio that is largely comprised of subsidized housing, and for whatever reason that subsidy comes into jeopardy, you just make sure you're paying very, very, very close attention to the direction of the particular program that you're benefiting from.
0: It's Ask the Guys. Your questions, our answers. If you have a question for the Real Estate Guys, go to the website of realestateguysradio.com and click on the button that says Ask the Guys. More questions when we come back. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys Radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Need help with your
2: real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com.
0: This portion of the Real Estate Guys Radio program is brought to you by International Coffee Farms, where you can own a parcel of land in your very own specialty coffee farm in Panama for as little as $15,000. Here's how it works. Deeded half-acre parcels entitled specialty coffee farms in Boquete, Panama are turnkey managed professionally on your behalf by a team of local experts. Sustainable average income is estimated at 12% and cash flow can begin within 12 to 15 months from the date of your parcel ownership. International Coffee Farm's mission is to own and operate specialty coffee farms that are economically, environmentally and socially sustainable. As part of this mission, 20% of the gross profits of each farm is committed to a socially sustainable fund to improve the lives of the Panamanian coffee farm workers and their families. International Coffee Farms currently owns and operates nine specialty coffee farms with half-acre parcels available for immediate ownership. To find out how you can become a coffee farm owner in Paquete Panama, email coffee at realestateguysradio.com. That's coffee at realestateguysradio.com.
3: Hi, this is Lawrence Yeun, Chief Economist with National Association of Realtors, and you are listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real
0: Estate Guys radio program, heard every weekend on this great radio station and all the time at realestateguysradio.com and your favorite podcast outlet. Hey, there's still time, but not much, to get signed up for Create Your Future, the 2019 Goals Retreat. If you want to ensure that 2019 is your best year so far, then come on out and join a whole bunch of amazing people in beautiful Lake Las Vegas, Nevada to get clear on who you are and what you want. That event happens the third weekend of the new year. All the details available at realestateguysradio.com under events. Just one thing on the Create Your Future event and the idea of getting clear. Think about
1: this, uh, the old quote that says, if you don't know where you're going, you probably won't get there. A lot of people think motion is progress, but not if you're going in a circle. So anyway, the event is all about being very clear about who you are, what you want, what you're willing to do to get it, what you're not willing to do to get it, so that when you climb that ladder of success, you end up on a rooftop that you
0: want to be standing on. And it's the single highest rate event we do, so come on out to create your future. It's uh, Ask the Guys. Your questions our answers. This next question comes from Casey in Lehigh, Utah. Hey guys, first off, I love your podcast and the amazing content you put out there. Perfect. You know, so here's a little shortcut. If you want to, you know, get your, your question <laughs> uh, answered, it doesn't hurt to, you know, suck up to us, the a, host oh, yeah, a, little, a little bit. A yeah. little bit. Uh, I look forward listening to them each week as soon as they come out. Over the last year, I've worked hard to save a good amount of money around $100,000 to invest in real estate. I'm concerned about how rising rates will impact real estate prices. I'm also worried that we could see the dollar tank and inflation rise. A part of me thinks I should be patient and hold off with the money until I have a better idea of what will happen with asset prices and interest rates. But another part of me worries that if I hold on to the money and inflation hits and the dollar falls, that I will lose purchasing power and not be able to get as much with all the money that I've worked so hard to save. You talk a lot about positioning yourself now for the headwinds coming our way. What are some specific things that I can do now to get a good return while also protecting myself against the headwinds coming? Thank you again for the awesome content you put out. Well, this is a great, great question. And uh, I know Russ has a whole bunch of thoughts about that. But just the premise is the markets are either going to do well or do poorly in the future. And we have to operate without concrete information. And having gone through lots of cycles in real estate, there are signs we pay attention, but the time to repair the roof is when the sun is shining.
1: Yeah. So I think that rising interest rates are clearly on the horizon. You know, we got down to the zero bound, about as low as you could go and stayed there for a very, very long time. Uh, The odds are when you're at the bottom that you only can go up. And so clearly that's begun to happen. Whether it will continue to go on remains to be seen, but that is something to be concerned about. Obviously, real estate is based on leverage and leverage is based on interest rates. And so real estate is interest rate sensitive. Uh, So that is something to be concerned about. With that said, I mean, the main thing is, is you just want to make sure that you lock in your long-term financing. So I wouldn't be borrowing short to invest long. I would be borrowing long to maybe invest short or long. Right? You got to line that up a little bit. So security right now in regards to interest rates would be something that would be wise. Uh, we don't, really don't know what's going to happen in the future. But we had a chance to talk to Donald Trump before he was president, before he was candidate Trump. He was just a regular old real estate mogul icon, Donald Trump. And we asked him, you know, what did you learn in the good times? What did you learn? In in the bad times. And he said, well, I didn't learn anything in the good times, but in the bad times, I learned it's always good to have some cash. And so you're wise to do that too, because if interest rates are rising, it could be that credit market sees up a little bit. And if prices drop, part of the way you benefit from that is having a little bit of liquidity. So that's a good idea.
0: But you know, opportunities are like buses. Another one will always come along and, you know, who knows, maybe uh, you sit on the money. But here's the other thing. If you stay at the bus stop and you never get on any of the opportunity buses, then nothing will happen for you. So just staying in cash. So I think the the question is, you want to have a little cash, a little liquidity. You want to be able to move when you need to. But at the same time, you want to get a yield. And that's the hard part. So let's talk about a couple of tactical ways to do that. The first is to invest in things that are likely to do well, whether the economy is good or bad. And an example of that is kind of mid and below median level rentals. Absolutely. So recession resistant pricing, we like to say, Uh, apartment buildings that aren't at the very, very bottom, but aren't at the very, very top. Because here's the premise, when people do well, and they have money, they move, they're upwardly mobile, people that are at the very bottom move up to the level I'm talking about. But when it turns and things go bad and people have to move out of their beautiful four-bedroom house into a three-bedroom apartment, well, that move-down market can also benefit you.
1: Yeah, the middle middle benefits from moves in either direction. And it's not just about product types or price points. It's about markets. Markets are like that too. Big time. The, the point is, is that real estate is not a commodity. And a lot of these prognosticators, the people who look at the macroeconomic things, are looking at things like stocks, bonds, commodities, currency rates, and they're they're making decisions in markets that are global markets, that are traded globally, and there's really no place to hide. They move from asset class to asset class, including cash, as a place to be uh, while they're waiting for some change. But real estate investment just don't have to think that way. We can stay in real estate the whole time and we can be generating income if we're in recession-resistant marketplaces, product types, and price points, and then we can move from place to place, or we can keep the property and move the equity from place to place. Uh, the point that I was making earlier is just number one that interest rates—you uh, probably want to think about using longer-term rates when you can, and you want to make sure that you have some good liquidity and don't rely completely on credit markets. But other than that, go out there and look for good deals. Because—and—and and the only other thing I'll say is this: if you're concerned about a little bit of a pull. Back, then a forced equity strategy can make sense. If you buy a property that is underperforming, you buy a property that is underdeveloped or has room for improvement, or you buy into a neighborhood, and there's a lot of that going on with these opportunity zones now, or will be as people begin to pour money into these underdeveloped areas that have been identified by the, the governors, uh, you're going to be able to see uh, equity happen From the standpoint of something you have some control over, so even if the market comes down a little bit, if you're under market and you come up a little bit, you mitigate some of that uh, downward pressure.
0: Now, I have three things more to say about this. I agree with what Russ has said, and bigger markets make better sense if we're sailing into headwinds, meaning those little tertiary markets that are way out in the middle of nowhere that have a really good cash-on-cash return when the sun is shining, those places all often shrivel up and die when the economy... Economy goes down, or the currency goes down, and so being in a bigger market where there's a lot of ballast that makes sense. Number two, you can invest on the debt side of real estate because in the debt side of real estate, you have the ability to get in a protected investment where you don't have full exposure to the market. If the price goes down or the tenant doesn't pay, and you have to take the property over, you're taking it over at a much lower basis. And third, I think a great way to invest, thinking about economic headwinds, is with a seasoned syndicator, an investor who really has a track record experience delivers and has a history of delivering rather than you try to get it right invest with someone who has those kind of chops and it's less active it's a more passive investment but those can all be things to think about of course everybody has a personal investment philosophy you have to wrap your head around that but people get crushed the most nearest the top if we knew when it was at the top Well, then we'd share that information, but we don't, so we have to play both sides of the fence.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately you can't make money on a property you don't own. And if you're in property for the long haul and you look historically at almost any – 20-year period of time, even a 10-year period of time, most of the time you're going to be fine. So the key is to structure the deals in such a way that you can weather the ups and downs. I don't really care what the price is at any point in time except when I buy and when I sell. In between, it's just about cash flow, making sure that I can stay in the game for the long haul because with real estate and the way the economic system works with long-term trend of the dollar, dollar may go up temporarily for a little while, but the long-term hundred and some odd year trend is down, that makes real estate one of the best inflation hedges. And it also hedges against deflation. We won't get into that now, but it's 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 arguably the safest asset you can be invested in if you structure the financing properly relative to the cash flow.
0: It's Ask the Guys. Your questions are answers. We come back. We're going to continue answering your questions. But first, we'll give you a chance to answer our question as we play Real Estate Trivia next. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Live nationwide, you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. Are you achieving everything you want in life? What if there was a time-tested way for you to get everything you've ever dreamed of? The most successful people in life set goals and keep themselves accountable for their achievement. But how? The good news is that it's not rocket science. You too can learn the skills and unleash the motivation that will create success in your life. And now is the time. Hi, this is Robert Helms, and I'd like to personally invite you to attend Create Your Future, the 2019 Goals Retreat, January 18th to 20th in beautiful Lake Las Vegas, Nevada. This unique weekend event has been called phenomenal, inspirational, and life-changing by the hundreds of people that have attended. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com under Events or call 888-489-7723, extension 18. Get your life back on track physically physically spiritually, and financially. Attend the 2019 Goals Retreat on the third weekend of the new year. Click events at realestateguysradio.com to register. This is no dress rehearsal. Live the life you were meant to. Visit realestateguysradio.com or call 888-489-7723, extension 18, today.
4: Hi, this is Patrick Donahoe, CEO of Paradigm Life. Wall Street and banks spend billions of dollars per year in advertising with the goal to convince you that they are the solution. But take a look around, none of their advice has worked. If you're listening to this, odds are pretty good that you're already a real estate investor or at least becoming one. So why do you do it? Is it to hedge inflation, the tax benefits, or maybe it's to get your money away from Wall Street? It's because of these benefits and so many more that I created the Real Estate Investor's Guide to the Perpetual Wealth Strategy. When you combine successful real estate investing with the Perpetual Wealth Strategy, you have the recipe for what has helped the wealthy to establish their financial well-being for decades. You can download the Real Estate Investor's Guide to the Perpetual Wealth Strategy today by clicking the Resources tab on the Real Estate Guys radio homepage. Don't wait, go download it now.
0: Memphis is famous for being the home of the king of rock and roll, but it's also the king of cash flow. If you're looking for affordable cash flow properties, it's hard to beat Memphis. Get your portfolio rocking and more cash flow in your way by calling Terry Kerr at Mid-South Home Buyers. Terry's the king of turnkey properties. Contact Terry through the resource section at realestateguysradio.com. And be sure to order Terry's tips for turnkey rental property investing report. It's free. Just send your request to turnkey at realestateguysradio.com. Hey, everybody,
1: it's Brad Sumrock, the apartment king, wishing you a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.
0: Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program and happy holidays to you. We hope you're enjoying this time of the year and getting to spend some time with the people you care about. It's Ask the Guys today, your questions and our answers. We've got more questions on the way from you, but first, it's time for us to ask you a question as we play real estate trivia. In just a minute, I'm going to give you a trivia question, which of course is going to have a holiday theme. When you hear the question and think you know the answer, send your best guest to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Be sure to include your name and your physical mailing address because if you're the winner, we're going to send you a cool little book of quotes called Whatever You Are, Be a Good One by Lisa Congdon. These are great little quotes that she's put to pictures. Very inspirational, good stuff. That can be yours if you know today's real estate trivia question. Last week we had had Tom Kroll on the program and we talked wholesaling, we asked you this. Which country was the first to use the tradition of Christmas trees? Well, the first place in the world that people brought trees indoor to celebrate the Christmas holiday was in the country of Germany. Here's our real estate trivia question for this week. Which country was the very first to issue a Christmas postage stamp? Today, a lot of countries have Christmas-themed postage stamps, Hanukkah-themed postage stamps, and so on. But which country was first to do that? If you know, or you live there, Or you just want to take a guess, fire away an email to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name and your mailing address plus the answer to the question because if you're the winner, we're going to send you this great little book called Whatever You Are, Be a Good One. That's today's holiday real estate trivia question. It's Ask the Guys. Your questions are answers. The last Ask the Guys episode of the year, but we'll do more next year. So if you'd like to ask us a question, just go to the website at realestateguysradio.com and click Ask the Guys, or better yet, come to one of our live events and ask in person. This question comes from Jeff in Fountain Hills, Arizona. He says, hey, guys, I have no income currently, but I have cash to live for 24 months. Can you suggest how I should go about creating residual income to first cover monthly living expenses of $5,000 a month and go from there? All right. Well, this is interesting. I had a gal in my appraisal class many years ago who the very first night of class, she waited till everyone was gone. And she says, can I ask you a question? I said, of course. I'm your professor. She says, "I I have an interesting situation. I am independently wealthy. At a very small level. I remember, a, I remember that. Remember? At a very small level. She was an on-site property manager of an apartment building, so she had no rent. The little amount that they paid her covered all her groceries and utilities, so she didn't have any liabilities But she also didn't have a lot of money. So when you're starting out, and this is a great question, when you're starting out, how do you turn that into something? And so we're going to broaden up if that's okay, that it's not just for someone that has no money and is sitting on money in the bank. But as you're getting started, you want to turn a pile of money into cash flow and you want to make sure that you have your expenses covered and you're building long term growth of equity.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's a couple of things. If you're not really looking at retirement, but you're looking at go to work on building a balance sheet that will produce, um, passive income, then you have your labor, you have your time, talent and energy uh, to, to put to work uh, and you don't aren't constrained with uh, having to work for a paycheck. So you, you, can, you can be full time. So real estate investing can be kind of divided into two categories, active and passive. Yep. And so if you decide to be active, you can do things where you are involved in forcing equity, you know, the typical fix and flip uh, and you cash out, you can, you can fix and hold you can take on investors and that way you can do bigger projects and have more projects going and you share the wealth. I mean, we're big fans of syndication. If you think about it, just just in, in average terms, if you were able to raise a few million dollars and then uh, on that average say, with your profit sharing and fees for running the money, and it's $3 million, 10% is $300 grand a year. So you can take the active portion of your life as an investor and use it to add value to people who are too busy to do it for themselves, but happen to have more working capital than you do. That's why syndication is our favorite way to be able to go full-time fast. Of course, you can take the profits you earn and consistently invest those in pieces of your own portfolio, and at some point, build it up to the point where you finish Out your last project, you return your investors all their money, and you have your portfolio left, and it's enough to live on, and you're done, and that can be okay too. It's a big responsibility to take on other people's money, and so you want to invest in your education, make sure you're properly
0: advised, and all of that. But it 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 can be a great way to go. Having no income isn't all bad. Chapter one of Rich Dad Poor Dad is the rich don't work for money, and so if your mindset is you're not going to work for the paycheck, but instead you're building up knowledge, you're building up relationships, you're putting your Money to work earning money, not your hours to work earning money a loan, uh, you can really do well. I think the challenge you'll have is without a job, without income, it'll be hard to qualify for traditional financing. So when Russ says you're going to put that money to work investing, yeah, it's not going to be leveraged investing like buying a rental house by putting 20% down and getting a loan, but you can certainly invest in lots of other ways in real estate.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, we talked about forcing equity. So that's one thing you can do. You take a little bit of cash or, again, partner with people. Um, So that's an option. We talked about syndication. So that's an option. Wholesaling. We just had Tom Kroll on the show recently. Wholesaling is where you go out and you take your time, your hustle, and you go sniff out deals and you find more deals and you could possibly do yourself and you assign those to people who want to do the deal. And then you take an assignment fee and you pile up some cash that way. And if you have good volume, you can make a bunch of money. Of course, you know, all you end up with is a bunch of money. So you're not building a portfolio, but you're building up investment capital. So you can develop investment capital by raising money from people who already have capital. You can do it by flipping properties or forcing equity into properties by fixing them up. There's a lot of different ways to do it. The point is the biggest asset that you have right now is your time because you don't have to work for a paycheck. What you need to do is make sure that you have a business plan or at least a game plan that's going to make sure that you don't run out of money before you have built yourself up what you need. Otherwise, you're going to have to put your tail between your legs and go back and get a job and that's no fun.
0: Now, Jeff specifically asked about building up residual income. In fact, $5,000 a month. So, not... Not knowing what the amount of money you have for 24 months it could be that you set aside half of that to live for 12 months and get some of that other capital to work but if we're creating a residual income in real estate there's several ways to do that uh, the first is cash flow coming in from rental properties the next is cash flow coming in from other types of properties like agricultural properties that provide cash flow the next after that is lending you could put money out at an interest rate and have cash flow that comes in so if you want to build up residual income wholesaling is great but it's not residual unless you get on a plan and a track to be able to bring it in consistently month after month. Well,
1: management fees on a portfolio. I mean, if, again, if you're making a couple of points, even a year on a $10 million portfolio. Or just can... revenue
0: sharing income from an apartment building.
1: Yeah. So there's lots of different ways to do it. So I think, I think the first thing, you know, because of the nature of the question, I would invest in some education and get around people who are approaching the real estate problem from a lot of different angles. Uh, we've just touched the surface, but get around those people, look at the way they're doing it. Look at what they're doing and how they're, the kind of money they're making and the kind of lifestyle they're living. And then ask yourself, it's like your your personal investment philosophy. It's like, okay, what am I trying to accomplish? What am I willing to do? What am I not willing to do? And then what do I have to work with and how can I use what I have to go get what I need to build what I'm building? And ultimately what you're doing is you are building a balance sheet. You're either building a business and, or you're building a portfolio and those things have to be structured in a way that when they're built, they produce streams of regular cash flow. And when you have that, then, you you know, to get to $5,000 a month, it, you shouldn't have to work that hard that long to get right. there. It's not It's not that big of a problem to solve. But what you don't have is the tools in your educational toolbox yet. The good news is there's a lot of stuff out there. Obviously, we can teach you how to syndicate it, the Secrets of Successful Syndication Seminar. And you get around other people, like on the Summit at Sea, you can get around people that have approached real estate from all kinds of different angles. Uh, all kinds of different product classes, all kinds of different markets, uh, even outside the United States. So uh, the information is readily available before you go out there and start investing your money. And certainly before you go investing any investors money, uh, invest first in your education and then build a great team so that you have the right advisors at your back when you decide to go in and actually pull the trigger on something.
0: It's Ask the Guys. Today, your questions are answers. This next one comes from Keith in East Sandwich, Massachusetts. This may be our first question from East Sandwich in all these years. Uh, hey, I've bought one home with Mid-South homebuyers, and I'm extremely happy with the purchase and their service. You know, we've been working with Terry Kerr for years, and he and Liz and their team are phenomenal, so I'm not surprised about that. I've saved enough to buy my next home with them, but... I'm on the wait list for a while still. Not
1: surprised about that either because yeah. they do such a fabulous job. You
0: know, when we started with Terry all those years ago, amazing to just watch his work ethic. He knows Memphis like nobody else. Just a great, great guy. Never in all these years have we had anything but total Praise from our listeners that have engaged with him. But uh, because of that, there is a long waiting list. So that's a reality. Uh, he says, Can you recommend other turnkey companies like Mid South, whom also manage the houses they sell? I will continue to buy with Mid South, but I am in need of another company to supplement my Mid South purchases. A list would be greatly appreciated of any turnkey companies you have vetted, or at a minimum, please point me in the right direction. Thanks, Keith. All right. Well, the first part of this is that no, we don't know someone exactly like Terry. We often uh, say to each other, man, we We need another 10 Terry Kurz. So uh, it would be great to have that. Now, the good news is we do have a few folks who uh, do a really, really good job. We're happy to talk about that. But before we, we give you any specific recommendations, the idea of a turnkey provider like Terry is that he does the whole thing. He goes in, he knows the market, he finds properties. He's got a great methodology of doing that. He does all the work to get them into great shape. He puts a tenant in and his company manages all of his rentals, hundreds, and hundreds and hundreds more, uh, many of which are owned by Real Estate Guys listeners. And that's the turnkey nature. You're not going out and sniffing out deals. You're not trying to figure out how to cut out uh, certain costs and value engineer the thing. Uh, He's selling you a property that is ready to go. Now, there's other folks that do that as well. And I think before you think about a provider, you also need to think about the types of properties, the types of markets and specific marketplaces. You know, the real estate guys always say you have to have a personal investment philosophy, that figure helps you figure out your market, then you find a team and then a property. We often also say that we would take a lesser market with a better team, over a better market and a worse team. Terry's got a great team. We've got a couple of other really good teams.
1: Yeah. And I think that rather than just list off a big bunch of names, what we really want to do is just uh, send you over to our provider network. So if you go to the Real Estate Guys website at realestateguysradio.com and look under resources tab, under the resources tab, you'll drop down and say, it'll say resource network. And if you go into the resource network, you can look by company name or you can look by uh, marketplace and what they do. And so you can pick that out. Uh, If you, Look under the market tab, you'll see some of the markets that we're paying attention to. And we're actually in the process of expanding that and providing more markets and more market data.
0: In a couple of weeks, we're going to introduce you to a brand new provider and a brand new market for the real estate guy. So
1: we, you know, just it's good to visit that place from time to time. Typically, we'll introduce new providers to you through the show because they're subject matter experts. They've really nailed a market, they really know their market really well. They also have a particular product class they're expert in and an investment strategy or style that we. Share with you, uh, but they're very active in the business. And for those of you that choose to engage, like uh, you know you would with Terry or anybody else, uh, they can be a great resource. We're we're kind of picky, you know. Now we can't tell you that we guarantee what everybody does because we don't. But but we do spend some time with them on the front end, make sure we understand who they are, what their model is, uh, that we feel good uh, that they check out well reputationally.
0: Right. We're not guaranteeing or vetting anybody. But let's take Terry as an example. We've been to his office four or five times. Yeah. Liz Nolan, his right hand gal, comes on our investor summit every single year. Uh, we have spent a lot of time in their market, touring their properties. We've met their entire team. So that doesn't guarantee them, but that's what the real estate guys do before. We don't just put somebody on that we haven't had a chance to meet face to face or we haven't got a resounding, fabulous personal referral to.
1: Yeah, and that's the point. And again, we have to be careful because we're a radio show. And of course, you know, we're here to promote our sponsors and we want to do that. But we did so take anybody as a sponsor. And that's the point.
0: Well, I know it's frustrating. People listen to the same ads over and over and over again for years. That's actually a good thing. That's a clue. It's not a revolving door of uh, people that support the Real Estate Guys and vice versa. So good stuff. It's Ask the Guys today, your questions and our answers. More when we come back. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms real
2: estate investment advice right in your mailbox. Sign up for the free Real Estate Guys newsletter at realestateguysradio.com.
0: Hey, it's Robert Helms. Thanks so much for listening to the show today. I want to personally invite you to come see an amazing real estate market that combines excellent cash flow, offshore diversification, and what we affectionately call lifestyle investing. Come join me from February 8th to 11th in the beautiful country of Belize. The Real Estate Guys have been bringing investors to Belize for more than a dozen years now, and our discovery trip is designed to show you the market like nobody else can. Sure, Belize is breathtakingly beautiful. The people are wonderful, and wait till you taste the food. But the real opportunity is the real estate investment potential. 2017 was the biggest year in tourism Belize has ever witnessed, and it looks like 2018 will end up even stronger. How does that translate to real estate investment? That's what you have to come see. There's all types of opportunity in Belize when it comes to real estate investing, including both long and short-term rentals, commercial and retail triple net properties, business opportunities, land acquisition, development, agriculture, and more. And as the only country in Latin America with English as its official language, it's easy to understand the law, property rights are strong, and contracts are written in English. And in Ambergris Key, a unique situation exists where demand for rentals continues to outstrip supply, creating a compelling environment for investors. So come see for yourself. Join me February 8-11 at Ambergris Key Belize as we study the market, learn about the sustainable drivers and tour lots of beautiful real estate. And like all of our field trips, there are no properties for sale during the weekend. Rather, you'll meet local providers that will help educate you about the market so that you can follow up with them after the trip if you decide the market's interesting to you. You'll receive their contact details, but they won't receive yours unless you give it to them. You've heard about Belize and the Real Estate Guys for all these years. Now come see what all the excitement is about. Plus, we'll have lots of time over meals and activities to talk all things real estate. To get the details, go to the website at realestateguysradio.com and click on Events where you'll find the Belize Discovery Trips. Once you register, you'll get information about our group hotel rate as well as travel details. So join me in Belize, February 8th through 11th. It's a beautiful country with lots of amazing possibilities and the only thing missing is you. Go to realestateguysradio.com under events and I look forward to seeing you in beautiful Belize. Hey, it's Kyle Wilson, Jim Run's 18-year business partner, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning into the show. Now in our 21st year of broadcast, oh my goodness, it's Ask the Guys. Your questions, our answers. Uh, This one uh, comes from Gene in Boston, Massachusetts, another one from the MA State. Gene says, I plan on attending your Secrets of Successful Syndication event. Well, that's awesome. You should. It's coming right up. The question I have is whether it would be beneficial to go to the upcoming one in February or the next one. I'm assuming that in order to get the most value out of the event, that I would need to have a bit more experience in real estate first to build credibility. I currently own two duplexes. And having an additional year of purchasing would help. Please advise. All right. That's a great question. We do this event twice a year. And the syndication event is typically designed for the investor that has deployed their assets, has a portfolio already, wants to get to the next level by bringing in investors and doing bigger deals. However, we do get people that come to this event that don't zero real estate. And it may sound self-serving to say this, but I think come early and often. We have people that come to this event three, four, five, eight times The content is great. It does change. We do have different speakers. For instance, this one coming up is the first time we're going to have a segment on opportunity zones. Uh, But there's things that, that happen that change in the marketplace. But even more important is the power of networking, getting around what we call evidence of success, people that are actually doing syndication successfully. And you won't meet one or two, you'll meet dozens of these people. And it will help you get your mind around the subject. So I wouldn't say wait for more experience. I'd say get your head around the subject and then tailor, or the experience you need between now and the next time we do it. So
1: experience uh, in regard to real estate investing when it comes to syndication is just one of the many, many, many things that you can accumulate through other people. Um, so it's great to be experienced because you have to be conversant, but you know, you can actually raise money and then work with other people who are far more experienced than you are. Syndication is less about real estate than it is about raising money and making good investment decisions on behalf of the money. But like anything, I'll give you an example. My father started high-tech companies. My father is not an engineer. He's not a technician. He's a businessman. And so what he would do is he would decide what needed to be built. He would find engineers and hire them to, to create it. And then he would build a business model, a marketing plan and customer service department and, and all that stuff around it. And he would build the company because he was a business person, not an engineer. So somebody, you know, sitting on the side, I said, well, you know, I really can't afford to start this high tech company because I still don't know how to program computers. Right. You're not understanding what your job is. I, I agree with you. Robert, 10,000%, maybe even more so, uh, that the sooner you start learning what syndication is, and one of the things we talk about the very first day is, you know, you have decisions to make. Who are you as a syndicator? What role are you going to play? What do you have to work with? What's missing? How can you take what you have to go get what you need? Say, well, I don't have any credit. Well, somebody does have credit. You could partner with somebody with credit. You bring the cash, they bring the credit. You go, I don't have any, any cash. Well, you can find people who have cash and then you partner the cash with the credit. Your job is to be the assembly person, the visionary, the person who sees how all the pieces fit together and then put them together in a business model, a business plan, a financial plan that makes money for everybody at the table. You make a little tiny bit of money on an ever-growing pool of money as you grow it and even small percentage of millions and millions and millions of dollars, you can make a lot of money. And so, the quicker you understand the business, the quicker you can get going on that. And the thing is, we only do this once every six months. And so let's say someday, whatever time in the future it is, that you're going to make a million dollars a year as a syndicator. Six months just cost you $500,000. Let's say you're only going to make $500,000 a year as a syndicator. Six months cost you $250,000. How soon do you want to get started?
0: Right away. Right away. Well, we have a whole bunch more questions, but not a whole bunch more time. So with that, thank you so much for your questions. We'll do another edition of Ask the Guys in the new year. And uh, if you have a question for us, just go to the website at realestateguysradio.com and click the tab that says Ask the Guys. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Thanks so much for listening to the Real Estate Guys radio program. We're super excited to bring you you a lot of great content and interviews in the new year. Enjoy the holiday season, until next week, go out and make some equity happen.
5: Hi, this is Robert Kiyosaki, and I'm very excited about the next Real Estate Guys Summit at Sea Cruise. I mean, I've worked with Robert and his dad and Russell for how, how many years, 20 oh, something years. Been friends all this time, we've always worked together. But come up with something I've never, ever talked about, and it's a concept called an infinite return. And once you understand an infinite return, it means you'll never need money. But it's probably one of the more sophisticated investment philosophies or strategies. It's something I've, I've used since I've been 27 years old. And once you understand an infinite return, you'll never need money again, you don't have to pay taxes again, and you can never, ever say again, I can't afford it. So I look forward to seeing you on the Real Estate Guys Infinite Return Cruise this March. Thank you.
2: This episode of the Real Estate Guys radio show is brought to you by Paradigm Life. Powerful cash management strategies using life insurance. Learn more at BeYourBank.com. Mid-South Home Buyers. Low-cost, turnkey cash flow properties in Memphis, Tennessee corporate direct asset protection strategies for real estate investors from attorney and rich dad advisor garrett sutton